This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So this week, we're going to check in on Berkshire Hathaway and see what was going on with their trading moves for the second quarter. Now, the second quarter, remember, that was through the end of June. I know that seems like forever ago, as we're recording this now in September of 2021. So these moves were made, you know, three to six months even ago by Berkshire Hathaway. But there's still some things we as value investors can learn every quarter from seeing what they're doing with their portfolio. Now, first, a reminder is we don't always know if the positions were taken by Buffett himself or his two lieutenants. Now, remember, the lieutenants are Ted Weschler and Todd Combs. They were given a certain percentage of money years ago to invest as they saw fit. And Buffett has always said they can buy or sell whatever they want in their section of the portfolio. So they apparently have been doing that. But we don't always know who is buying what or selling what. Some of the older trades, like the banks, we know are Buffett's because he instituted them well before the lieutenants were ever around. Others, like Amazon, we know are the lieutenants because Buffett did confirm that the Amazon purchase in the portfolio was done by one of them. He didn't say which one. Um, And that was when everybody was kind of losing their minds when they announced that that was in the portfolio and how could this be a value stock and is Buffett, you know, has he lost it, blah, 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 because it didn't have classic value fundamentals at the time. So Buffett had to come out and say, no, no, of course, that wasn't me. It was one of them. And they assured me that it was a value stock. So that's how we know Amazon. But he's never talked about some of the other stocks in the portfolio. So that kind of gives us some clues, too. So he's never really talked much about RH, which is in the portfolio, formerly known as Restoration Hardware, ticker RH. So I kind of assume because he's never talked about it that that was a lieutenant who bought that position as well. And uh, remember, Buffett does like to talk about the stocks that he personally has bought in the portfolio because usually that means he's gotten some kind of deal on it or it's really cheap or he just loves the business. So he does like to gab about the stocks that are in in the portfolio and owned by Berkshire Hathaway actually. So the fact that he hasn't said anything really about RH indicates it was a lieutenant. But what about some of the other stocks like Chevron? So ticker CVX is Chevron. And if you recall, the portfolio bought a big stake in Chevron in the fourth quarter of 2020. Now that was really good timing because the vaccination was announced by Pfizer that it worked in November of 2020. The energy market started to rebound on the hopes of a economic recovery. And so the energy stocks started to follow immediately thereafter. So energy has been one of the best performers of 2021 as a result. So the Chevron pick seemed like a good, uh, that was good timing. But Berkshire has now sold some of those shares in both the first quarter and now again in the second quarter. So Chevron is up 14.9% year to date, and it does pay that juicy dividend, however, yielding 5.5%. But that is still underperforming the S&P 500, which is up 
about 21%, even without its dividend included. So could it be that Berkshire was trading this position? It appears like it was, right? I mean, this is classic kind of trading behavior. Do I blame them after the results of energy as a group over the last 13 years? It's been pretty awful. So no, I don't blame them for market timing this. So they knew it was on sale. The vaccine is announced. They bought this big position. It has rallied and now they're taking off a lot of their profit. But if I was really going to trade in the energy stocks, I don't think Chevron would be the one I would buy to trade, to do like a quicker trade like that. I wouldn't be buying any of the big oils. And what are those? Those are like Chevron, Exxon, any of the ones that have like refining or chemicals along with the exploration and the drilling. Uh, They might own service stations. That's all, you know, the big integrated oil companies because those don't tend to rebound as much as just the pure play EMPs, as I call them, exploration and production companies. Those are just the drillers. So if I was going to buy one of the energies just to trade it quickly like that, I would have bought Pioneer Natural Resources, ticker PXD, or Diamondback, which is FANG, F-A-N-G. They're both big caps. So uh, someone like Berkshire that has to buy the big caps could buy a position in either one of those and um, not really move the market per se like it would if they were trying to buy one of the smaller guys. So um, I don't really understand the Chevron trade, but they did sell a little bit more of it. They still have a position. uh, So they're basically taking, you know, just a percentage off and they're they're kind of hedging their bets there it looked like um but this is really just a trade it's not really an investment okay so moving on uh, they also sold off some general motors in the second quarter they sold some in the fourth quarter and some in the first quarter so this is the third quarter in a row they've sold off some shares of gm ticker gm and this is an older position so i'm assuming that this is warren buffett because Uh, It was initiated in 2012. The company at the time was down in its luck following the Great Recession. It um, has kind of the characteristics of a Buffett type of company. And he definitely got the shares cheap and on sale back in 2012. So it looks like he's just kind of cashing in on some of these gains because the shares have rebounded nicely with the announcement that they're going heavily in on electric vehicles. Um, Shares have pulled back, however, here in 2021 um, because of the shortage in like the semiconductors and they're having to halt production of, you know, auto production. So uh, that's hitting the shares a bit here, but still Berkshire has sold three quarters in a row now with some of those. They've also sold out of some of their pharmaceutical shares in the second quarter. Those have also had a big rally since the pandemic. So looks kind of like they're just kind of cashing in and some profits on those shares too. But one of them also kind of intrigues me more than some of the others. And that was the purchase and now the sale of some of the shares of AbbVie, ticker ABBV. Now, remember, AbbVie is one a big drug pharmaceutical company that now owns Botox It pays a 4.5% dividend, so that's pretty juicy. 
So they bought some shares in the third quarter of 2020 for the first time. It was only trading at eight times forward earnings. And I've owned AbbVie in the value investor portfolio at Zacks since 2019. So I knew it was cheap and was kind of surprised that Berkshire wasn't like snooping around in there. And then they, they did buy some in 2020. So it was like, hooray, they're buying some because it is cheap and it had that nice dividend. Uh, but now they've sold some of it. And so this is intriguing, like the Chevron uh, position. So it, the shares have really rebound since they bought it. Over the past year, they're up 31% before the recent news about the industry-wide warning on the arthritis drugs. AbbVie does have one of them. So the shares got hit over 10% recently on that news. So now you're over the last year, the shares are only up 18%. Obviously, Berkshire sold some of theirs before any of this happened. Um, but as I said, I own AbbVie in the value investor portfolio, and I also own it in my own uh, personal portfolio now. And I consider this to be a buying opportunity, not a selling opportunity. The shares are still treat cheap, trading at 8.8 .8 times forward. The dividend yield, because they the shares have sold off about 10% here is now 4.6%. I consider this one to be um, somewhat of a long-term type hold uh, because it's still dirt cheap. They have some other good drugs in the pipeline. Um, they have the Allergan with the Botox. And so it makes me wonder why are the lieutenants actually trading this? Because again, they haven't really even owned these shares for a year yet. So if there's anything that's obvious about the difference between the lieutenants and Buffett, it's really their lack of patience. They are much more trading types of uh, managers. And Buffett, as we know, is not. So Buffett has famously said, the best time to sell is never. So uh, it goes against his views to buy AbbVie trading at eight times and then literally three quarters later start selling some of it unless there was something that dramatically changed at the company, which is not the case here. Now, uh, again, as a reminder, remember the lieutenants were given a certain set amount of money in the portfolio. So my theory is that if they want to add other positions and if they're currently 100% allocated with their part of the cash, that then that means they have to sell some of their positions in order to raise cash if they want um, some cash on hand to redeploy into other things. So um, that's kind of what I think is happening with some of these, with Chevron, even with AbbVie, they have some nice gains. They're selling some of the position, but not all of it, to have free up some cash so that they can make some other additions and things, especially if we get a bigger correction here, they'll have some cash on hand. So where did Berkshire buy in the quarter? Because it did actually buy some things. So I'm gonna circle back around to RH, which I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. So RH was originally added to the portfolio in the third quarter of 2019, so pre-pandemic. This year, they've added, again, some smaller positions in both the first quarter and now again in the second quarter. And this means that their position in RH has grown, but RH is not a very large company. So they're now one of the largest shareholders of RH, and they own 8.5% of the company. 
So I've said before, Berkshire will not go above 10% because there's extra reporting requirements with the SEC once you go above that 10%. Now there is with the 5% position too, but with 10%, you literally are filing um, the F4 filing uh, filings within 48 hours. Like they're not going to allow them to bypass that requirement. So, so they're at um, 8.5. And so they have a little bit of leeway in there. They could add maybe another 1% or so, but uh, pretty much probably not adding much more to RH, but still a bullish call that they're adding to it. Now, their PE has expanded since they originally bought it in 2019. It's now trading at 29 times. Earnings are coming even just this week as I'm recording this in early September 2021. So we'll see what else they have to say. Um, but it's uh, still liked by one of the lieutenants because we know pretty much it's not Buffett who's buying that one. So they did add to RH, ticker RH. Another one they added to is Aon. AON is the ticker. This is insurance and financial services. Buffett loves insurance. We don't know who's adding this one, but um, he does love it. So it wouldn't be surprised if maybe it was him. They bought it in, uh, they bought some of the shares in first quarter of 2021. They've added to the stake in the second quarter. Year to date, these shares are up 36%. So, yeah, they're, they're screaming up higher. It's not altogether cheap. It has a forward P of 25. It is expected to see 18% earnings growth here in 2021 and another 10% in 2022, and it pays a small dividend. But not altogether cheap, but there's something someone likes about it because they have added to that position. The third one they added to was Kroger. And this was bought pre-pandemic in the fourth quarter of 2019 because it was dirt cheap before the pandemic. Um, then they bought more in the first quarter of this year and the second quarter of this year now again. And now they own an 8.3% stake in the company. So much like RH, they're among the largest shareholders of Kroger. But overall, this is still just a small position for Berkshire. It's just 0.8% of the entire portfolio. So it's just $2.367 billion position. And that ranks it as 15th in the portfolio. By comparison, Apple is still the largest position at 40%, still up there at 40% of the entire Berkshire portfolio. And it's now worth $121.5 billion. So um, yeah, this is an interesting uh, position. They still like it. It's still really a slow grower, but uh, still fairly cheap, not as cheap as when he first bought it in the fourth quarter of 2019, but it's trading at 15 times. Does pay a dividend yielding 1.8%. Earnings, however, expected to be down 11% this year because, of course, we all were just shopping at the grocery stores like mad, mad people last year. And then rebounding a little bit into fiscal 2023, up 2%. Not much sales growth, but that's what happens with supermarkets. A lot of it's about the margins. And um, there is some food inflation and labor cost inflation right now. So um, I'm a little iffy on some of the Kroger uh, action right now, but Berkshire is not at least through the second quarter. So that one that they added to is Kroger, ticker KR. And then there was a new position that kind of popped up and I was 
wondering like, what's this? I've never even heard of this company. So the fourth one that uh, showed up in the portfolio is called Organon. O-G-N is the ticker. And I had to look it up because I never heard of it. And it turns out it was a spinoff from Merck, which Berkshire owns. So that's how they got it. They spun it off in June. And so Berkshire got a stake worth $46 million. Now that's just 0.02% of the entire Berkshire portfolio. Um, they're holding them as far as we know for now, but we'll see going forward. And I thought, you know, this must be the smallest position in the portfolio. It's only 46 million. Um, you know, what could be smaller? But I was wrong. It's not the smallest position. <laughs> Procter & Gamble is among one of the smallest positions. Uh, that's just 0.01% of the portfolio, ticker PG. Um, and then there's a couple other ones. Mondelez is small. MDLZ is the ticker. That's also 0.01. And Wells Fargo, remember that one, um, that's only worth $30 million now because they've sold off almost everything. And I'm kind of intrigued about why they're keeping a 0.01% position in Wells Fargo at this point. They, they used to own like 3 to 5% or something in the portfolio was Wells Fargo. Now they're down to almost nothing, but why not? Why not just get out altogether? So these are some questions I have. Same with Procter & Gamble and even Mondelez. Why keep you know a, a stake under 50 million on any of these three? Um, it shows you don't really have much conviction in the names. And so why not, why not get out altogether? It's not moving your portfolio in any manner, neither up or down, um, but that seems kind of just dead money to me that they're holding these super small positions. So we'll see what happens with Organon, whether or not they're just gonna hold on to that for a while or not. Over the last three months, those shares are up 4.4%. So it has managed to see a little bit of gains, um, but that's an intriguing uh, new addition to the Berkshire portfolio. So in conclusion, what has happened in the Berkshire uh, portfolio in the second quarter? Not much. There were some sales. There is some trading going on, which I do find to be intriguing. They've added to a few positions, but haven't really changed the tone or direction of the portfolio in any meaningful way. It does appear that they're cashing in on some of the profits to raise some cash. That's just my theory. I have no other insider information to know whether or not that is true, but the trading-like activity would lead me to believe that that is what's happening. So are they getting ready for some kind of market correction? We don't know. Buffett himself and Berkshire itself has plenty of cash on the side, but the lieutenants may not, and they may want some for any kind of correction or pullback that may be coming here at the end of 2021. So as I mentioned, RH is reporting earnings this week, expected to be another solid report but RH is such a small portion of the overall Berkshire portfolio. It's listed at number 23 in size in the portfolio. So it's not really gonna have that big of an impact again, um, even though it's been a good purchase for Berkshire um, since they've gotten in. Uh, the Abbey position actually is still even larger in the portfolio at number 17. So. The AbV position, again, is worth $2.3 billion. The RH position is just worth $1.2 billion because RH is a much smaller 
company. So a lesson for the rest of us maybe with some of what's been going on in the portfolio is maybe to add to some of positions that you think still has value and maybe to have some cash on hand to deploy if there is a, a pullback, a sell-off, a correction, whatever you want to call it, all of the above, um, so that you do have what Benjamin Graham always has called that margin of safety and cash is always king. So when there are deals out there on a correction, when everyone else is panicking, you may not panic and you've got that cash on the sidelines so you can dive in and get some deals. So keep that in mind. And we're gonna, you know, soon enough get the third quarter trades and that should be intriguing from Berkshire as well. But it's always good to check in on Warren and the team over there to see what they're doing with their own portfolio because it gives us some insights into our own behavior and what we should be looking for in value stocks as well. So let me recap some of the stock tickers again we talked about. So RH, one of the few kind of high growth names that Berkshire does own in its portfolio. I own it in my own portfolio as well. So RH um, is one of the few it was adding to, which is ticker RH. Chevron, ticker CVX, they were selling some of that, but not all. I mentioned a few of the EMPs you might want to take a look at if you want to trade the energy shares. P, uh, Pioneer is PXD, Diamondback is FANG, F-A-N-G. We talked about General Motors, that's had a, had a pullback already, but they've been selling some of those shares. GM is the ticker. AbbVie, another one that they're selling, even though they just bought in last year, ticker ABBV. I also own it in my own personal portfolio. Aon, they've been buying some of that one. AON on the insurance side. Kroger, they're still liking that one. They bought some more in the second quarter. KR is the ticker. And then they have this spinoff from Merck, um, Organon. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, OGN, that's all you need to know is the ticker is OGN. Okay, so we'll have more value stocks as we go along here every week in 2021. And I am going to return back to Benjamin Graham and what he says to look out for in a few of his key chapters in The Intelligent Investor. I feel like we may need that going here into the second half of this year um, because everybody's expecting some kind of pullback and Graham loved the pullbacks. So I'm going to be diving into that. So you don't want to miss a single episode. Get us all on Apple Podcasts. You can get all of our podcasts on uh, Spotify. We're also on Amazon Music. You can get us with the Zach's Market Edge on uh, SoundCloud. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll see you next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.